Steve-O, Steve-O, Tony, Tony, could I tell you a joke? Could I tell you a joke? Could I tell you a joke? I'm going to show you how to operate in a spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey, are you happy? Now that's a great question. Does the sun set high? Does the sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. Now we thought we'd do another podcast. We just got done with Camp Daniel, and uh, there's a camper there. His name is Ricky. Amazing young man. Tell us this story, Tony. You know it better than I do. You've known him for how long? Well, I don't know. Close to maybe closing in on ten years. I know he's in his early thirties, and he uh, came to camp. He was, you know, in his mid twenties, maybe, and. Uh, his parents told me the story about how he ended up coming to Camp Daniel, and he was your typical 19-year-old who uh, loved the party life and was the life of the party and was, you know, a loved and liked kid. And uh, he got drunk one night at a party and drove his moped home and didn't make it home. He crashed into a tree and uh, got a severe brain injury and... Uh, changed his life forever completely and, blind yeah no he's completely blind has you know a mild intellectual disability and uh is fully aware of what happened to him and what his personality was before the accident and how it's changed but he is he is one of the happiest human beings i may have ever met he's a poster child for what happy life is supposed to look yes, like he is you know getting and keeping happy in every circumstance yeah I mean, it was crazy. We even asked him around the campfire that one night. Yeah. You know, we had a we had one of our chapel services just around the campfire. We need to do a podcast on that. Too, yes, we for should. Sure. <laughs> but you know, would you take it back if you could? And he said no. And I said, "You're 19 years old. You have the world in front of you. You hit a pole." And he says, "Yeah, because I was stupid. Yeah, I was stupid. I got drunk and I hit a pole." And but he started talking about how he knows Jesus so much more now. He, he, with all the things that happened, even. I don't know, but I struggle a lot with my own decisions. So I beat myself up a lot because I made a poor decision. Here's a guy that made a very poor decision that that gave him a disability, a mild intellectual disability. Plus, he can't see, and yet he's always can I tell you a joke? And he can make up <laughs> jokes on the spot. We would give him a thing like, give us a joke on listen, and he'd come up with, jo- and they were funny. Always, yeah. They're always cheesy too. He had a lot of cheesy, <laughs> punny ones, you know. But that guy can write jokes like on the top of his head, and yet. That's why I love examples like this because it gives me hope because I'm not that guy, but I want to be that guy. Right. I want to be the guy that no matter what comes my way, whatever polls I run into, you know, whatever decisions I make that, that get me in the wrong place, I want to be able to still have happy in that situation, still have joy in that situation. That's what Ricky does. Yeah. And he, when he gets to camp, well, the way we're set up, we, I'm the director and then, uh, Somebody else goes out with me, and we kind of meet every camper and their family or caregivers, whoever's dropping them off. And Ricky starts immediately with jokes. Like it doesn't. He doesn't even wait a second. He doesn't say hi. He didn't know his, no. his hi is. Can I tell you a joke? Yeah, can I tell he, you a joke? That's, that's what he says. <laughs> and so I walked out by his family. Well, uh, we had a visiting pastor there for the week, and 
um, who's never been to camp before, and he's local, and he ended up out there. Well, Ricky instinctively just grabbed his arm, and they started walking back towards the check-in tent. And um, so maybe five minutes later, after I talked to his parents, I made it over by the check-in tent, and uh, the pastor had just a glazed look on his face. <laughs> like, he didn't know what was going on. That's what I was going to say a minute ago, but he, he wears a lot of counselors out because yeah. when we say he tells jokes, it's nonstop. Yeah, nonstop. In fact, <laughs> his counselor told me, he said, yeah, Ricky went down, man. I, I said, I bet he did because if he's not telling jokes, he's jumping and dancing. Yeah. He's always jumping and dancing, always excited. And uh, so he told him a story and he fell asleep while the counselor was telling him a story, you know, which is pretty sweet when you're looking at this, what? 15, 16 year old kid, something like that, telling this 30 something year old kid, (laughs) guy, a story, you know, and he falls asleep and says, Oh, good. I think I got him asleep. You know, he stopped talking. He fell asleep. And so he's only at the top bunk. 30 seconds later, can I tell you a joke? Where did the chicken cross the road? (laughs) He told him that one joke and then he he fell asleep. asleep. So, but it is non stop. So you gave him the pastor from town. (laughs) Well, he just ended up just grabbing onto his arm and they walked to the check in tent when I made it back around with the. Ricky's counselor to introduce him, and then so Ricky kind of got handed off. He grabbed onto his uh, counselor's elbow, and uh, Pastor Dave walked away and looked at him, and he just was shaking his head. And I said, "Are you okay?" And he he said, "You know, he's blind." <laughs> I said, "Yeah, yeah, I've known him a long time now." He goes, "I just, I just, I didn't know he was blind." And we got over here, and then his parents told his his parents told his counselor that he he couldn't see, and he goes, "I just." I, I've never I've, first time I've ever even talked to somebody who can't see, and he just was dumbfounded. He just didn't know what to say, and he was just Ricky so full of joy and exuberance and happiness that yeah they couldn't understand that that's that somebody's personality of wolf. You got in an accident, you couldn't see. You probably wouldn't be happy, right? Um, but Ricky, and that's what we think. yeah, and Ricky is content as content could be, yeah. and actually he's happy that God. He felt like God saved his life. By allowing that accident you know, we to asked happen. him that night, you know, you know, if you could take it back, would you? And I go, how can you? No, the question I asked him was, the other question I asked him was, how can you stay happy? Right. You know, he said, well, because I'm still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Still alive and doing good. Yeah. Just by being him, being yeah. himself, be you, back to totally that again. content with who he is. Yeah. So before I go into the, where, where I want to, where I want to go with this next. Yeah. I want you to tell our happy lifers how you put counselors and campers together because it's usually a one-on-one ratio or sometimes a one-on-two campers per one counselor but how do you pick that is that just something random that happens um well there might be a little bit of randomness once in a while but generally it's i spend a lot of time a lot like i want to know the campers and the counselors and their personalities but sometimes it's a piece of paper that's an application that has a description of somebody and because you don't know them yeah and that's it's never right because it's a piece of paper with a description that somebody else wrote and uh so if I can get to know him first, that I try to do that, and I'm, you know, everything we do at Camp Daniel's built around relationship. So it's a it's a new and building and budding relationship in my mind. So what's going to be the relationship that's going to help either that camper or that counselor the most? So I think about that a lot, and I, I ask God for help. And so often, you know, there's like there's connections that happen at camp. It was one this year, uh, Christina and her camper. I didn't know Christina's 19 and her camper is probably in her mid-20s in a wheelchair and been there many times, and she requires some care. And I felt like Christina was ready to take care of somebody in a wheelchair and do all that end of things and that it would challenge her a little bit. Well, I had no idea that 
Christina's mom used to take care of this camper. Wow. Christina had known her most of her life, and wow. they were all, they were friends, and I had no idea. And then they got to spend a week together, and for and both they of them, live was, right next to each other. Yeah, they and the other one the is always looking for a friend, <laughs> right. and all of a sudden now now they're friends. And yeah. I think you know a lot of camps where they just say I don't have time because you put a lot of time and effort into camp. So for the amount of hours that you spend every camp trying to put, I've right. been in there while we're in the middle of the, the camp, and I'm celebrating what's going on at camp and yet you're in your room and you're putting together next week's counselor camper matchups and so you put a lot of effort in that you you feel led by god so why did you put him with with noah so noah's mom texted you the week previous and um so she's this woman was our nurse this week and steve did a service out in uh chippewa falls area and um, at, a, at a church and she decided she wanted to go and that was earlier this summer and um, and she asked to bring her son Noah who's six I think he's 16 yeah I think he's 16 um, and just has had a pretty rough time of it especially the last year two years yeah. going through some depression and just a bunch of other stuff just yeah. really hard and suicide's been knocked around and police have been involved and so she called she texted a few days before this camp started and was starting to feel worried that maybe i shouldn't bring them yeah it's going to be too hard and but that you know i love having a camp or a counselor that's going through hard stuff because there's no better place to be than truth, at camp in my mind and so immediately as soon as that text came i it just right away popped in my head ricky is the guy because whoever has ricky gets to spend a week with ricky doesn't matter what state in life they're in they're gonna have their life changed like yeah. he's that powerful of a man and uh so that was just an easy match the other reason i want to be like him the other reason i see ricky and go i want to be more like that the other reason it's important that we live out this happy life credo you know yeah. again to get and keep happy no matter what circumstances are like right and because it changes everybody else when we do that you know it's true so Here's this guy who grabbed the pastor's hand, just grabbed it. And I was so excited when I went telling him jokes, you know. And and uh, so when he meets a counselor, you know, he meets Noah, who told us later. Because I, I knew Betty from years ago when I started being a youth pastor. When I first got out of college, I knew her and her husband. And when I saw them at that church, she was all over. I'm going to camp, you know. And, and I talked to Noah and hoping he'd come. But he was kind of being a 16-year-old, like, I don't really care. But he's got such a good heart for that stuff. But um, And he didn't want to come. Even halfway here, he's texting his dad, trying to get his dad <laughs> to come and pick him up, you know. And, and uh, he just did not want to come. And he said that out of his own mouth. But he told us later on that I haven't laughed since November. Right. And he said, the first moment I met Ricky, he made me laugh. From the very, can I tell you a joke? I mean, from the first <laughs> moment. And he didn't wear this. Him, he might have worn him out, but it was such a good wear him out. Yeah. Because he's like, you want to laugh? I'll get you to laugh. You know. And, and he <laughs> laughed the entire. But when he said that, here's a cool part. I, he was in my small group when he talked about that. And Ricky was right next to him. And when he said, talked about how God used Ricky to make him laugh. Ricky pumped his hand in the air like a tiger would, just sunk a putt. Yes. <laughs> it's like he kind of looked up to heaven, and I could see it in his face. He was so excited that he and Jesus, right. and he said later on at you know, a camp, you know, Ricky did around the campfire that night about how he loves to make people smile. He loves to be used by God even to make people laugh and smile. And But he got so excited that he was able to pump his hands with God and go, yes, you and me. It was it was the coolest moment to just see. And I think most people caught it because it was a small little glimpse, but right. he was so excited that God used him that way. <laughs> so I want to go around back to the campfire. When you, you asked Ricky um, something about him and, and then where that whole thing went from there. 
Yeah, we asked Ricky to just share his life story because not everybody knows about his accident, and he's pretty eloquent. I mean, he he shares really succinctly and yeah. sharply about what he went through, and so he did that and, uh, you know, talked about where it brought him and what's going on now. And... It's funny, too, because I asked him, I said, Ricky, slow down. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> how slow do you want that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's sharp. <laughs> uh, and he has the ability to just be so funny and then in the next sentence be so seriously, yeah. you know, so serious and take it. Yeah. And people follow, you know, go right along with His it. His timing is amazing. It is, yeah. And then we had, uh, then you asked Noah to share what had happened to him this week. And basically he felt like that you know being friends with ricky that week had changed his life it was it was, it was off in a new direction um ready to go home to face all the things all the pain all the stuff that's been going on you know in a different way than he ever had and um, then i asked my my mom to share a story that my brother daniel uh, experienced when he was a kid eight nine years old i'm not even sure and who the camp is named after yeah obviously right. and dan was in a wheelchair and had just a, he had muscular dystrophy, so he had a big pile of medical issues. But it, it was when he first figured out that he wasn't going to walk, that he was going to be in that wheelchair forever. And he was crying about it and sad and started talking to my mom real seriously about it. It was a really hard conversation for my mom. And, um, so, and at that point, he had felt like God wanted him to be in ministry of some kind. And, uh, and so he, he understood that even at that young age, but then also understood that he had limitations. And she said to him, you know, the fact that you're in a wheelchair and can't walk, that's part of the ministry that God's given you, and um, he's going to use that. And so he pondered that and thought about it for a little bit. And then she said, so if uh, 100 people would come to know Jesus because you can't walk, would that be worth it? And he thought about it for a few minutes and came back and said, yeah, that would be worth it. She said, well, what about if 25 people would come to know Jesus because you couldn't walk. And again, he didn't just answer. He thought about it for a little bit, and he said, yeah, I think that would be okay. 25 would be okay. And she, and she said, well, what about, what about if five people would come to know Jesus um, because you can't, you'll never be able to walk? And again, he pondered for a while and said, yeah, that, that would be okay. Five would be okay. And she said, what about one? If just one person came to know Jesus because you couldn't walk your whole life? And he thought about it for a long time, and I wasn't that. quite yeah. so sure, but then he said, yeah, I think that would be okay too. Wow. Um, and that's kind of been, that story is a story for us as a family and doing what we do. We come back to that over and over and over and, you know, we're long past one and Dan's life affected much more than one, but every time one more gets affected, that's the story I think about. And then, so we kind of close that time around the fire and I asked Ricky, I said, Ricky, would you... Uh, go through all you want. Would you go through the accident and lose your sight and um, use, lose your the ability you had to think the way you did and go through all that pain and all that problem if you knew that that would help save Noah's life? And he said, absolutely, no Without doubt. Hesitation. Yeah, he didn't hesitate in any way. He said, I'd die for him. Yeah, that was that. I would die for him. And that, that was the picture of Jesus to me. Like, I'll never forget that. Spoken to a 16-year-old kid who hasn't right. laughed since November and who's just looking for someone to love. And here's a... 30-something young man saying I'd die for him and right. I I went through this disability for him it was worth every and then even with Daniel you know your brother who you know if he hadn't passed away you guys are praying that God would keep him alive you know sure. if God would answer that prayer there would be no camp Daniel right. and Noah's life wouldn't have been changed right. and 
an integral to the whole week was on Wednesday night, uh, he had a discussion with Nick, who's one of our summer staff members, and he's a young man in his mid-20s who uh, was kind of forced to come to camp, just like Noah, maybe eight years ago by a, yeah. a mutual friend who happens now to be my niece. She married into our family and um, kind of forced... was in high school. And- yeah, it was in high school and came and um, was on the wrong track in a lot of ways and knew really nothing about Jesus and got saved at camp and took about two years for him to really start having a real deep relationship with Jesus and then it really blossomed and he came on he was in our internship program and then came on staff and then uh, went off to uh, then he met a girl at camp who was a counselor that came up from Iowa and they got close and they ended up getting engaged and then married and went off to Bible school at Emmaus Bible College down in uh, Iowa and he just has a unique gift of, uh, he can talk to anybody anytime, like I've seen a few times in my right. life. So then he, he's he been at Bible school, and he's kind of been lamenting this past year that he's not the picture of a typical pastor. He's he's not, he's got a few learning disabilities that he struggled with his whole life, and so um, he wasn't learning at the pace that he felt he should, and he couldn't. Um, remember Bible verses in a way that he felt like they wanted him to, and he started. He's been discouraged. Like maybe I don't fit in ministry. And our expression to him over and over the summer is, "You just have to be you." And we've been learning about this for two years. And when you're you, God uses you in a unique way that yeah. He doesn't use any of us. Well, that yeah. on Tuesday night, uh, he after all the council meetings were over, there was a fire, and he sat with Noah, and they talked for a long time, and um, he went for a walk with Noah, and. Uh, put his arm around him at some point and gave him a hug and said, you know, I love you, I care about you. And Noah said he'd never had another guy that would just yeah, openly and caringly, yeah, yeah, just caringly. His expression was, but my dad has to do that. Right, exactly. Which was interesting. And then, but somebody from the outside that was willing just to show him love, like that brought him, that got him to the center of the road. And then God just did the rest of the work the rest yeah. of the week. But it, it so encouraged Nick to, to keep yeah. on the path and that God's using him and it, I, I found it always to be the case since we've been in ministry. There's never one thing that happens when God's love comes down in this way. It affects a multitude of people and you know so yeah. beautifully. I mean, it's just like a tidal wave of incredible things that always come from it. And this <laughs> was no different. And I, in fact, I remember when one of the chapel services, one of the weeks where Nick was up there talking, you know, and and we had him doing a Sherlock Holmes thing. He was looking for <laughs> proof that God really listens to us, right. you know. And, um, and, uh, so we talked about that a little bit, then he broke down because it hit him at that moment. You know, we talked about how God speaks. He always answers us, but he answers us in three different ways. You know, yes. Sometimes he tells us yes. Sometimes he tells us no. Yeah. And sometimes he says, wait, you know, I like that a fourth one. Cause I think sometimes he just silent. Oftentimes his silence is him speaking. Like, right. what's the last thing I told you? <laughs> like a dad, when I asked my kid to do something, you know, my boy had to do something. I'm not going to say anything until we get to, I, we've already had the discussion. So right. when you're ready to do that, I'm ready to do what I said I would do, right? So, but when it hit Nick and uh, he's sitting there up there in front and he just starts bawling, he said, you know, and when, when you asked God to heal your brother and your parents asked God to heal their son, when your sister asked God to heal the brother and, and God didn't, he said, no, Right. Nick said, if Daniel didn't pass away, there'd be no Camp Daniel. And if there wasn't any Camp Daniel, I would know who Jesus is. And then I said, and and would you be married, Nick? And then he started crying some more and said, no, I wouldn't even be married. I wouldn't know who my wife is. And so 
that disability that your brother had. Yeah. It's a powerful thing. That God's love, even in death, it almost becomes more powerful, and that's the picture of Jesus again. And right. so, um, he didn't want to die. He begged right. God and said, "Please, right. please, don't let this. I don't want to do it." You know. But I'm so glad that he obeyed. I'm so glad that God said no to Jesus. God the Father said no to His Son and says, "No, I need you to go through this suffering, right? Because that's where happy life comes from." Someone happy. Make just one someone happy, and you will be happy too. One life. Thanks for listening. Steve Ace.